Hello and welcome. In this episode, Patricia shares her story from Bucharest to the first two years at the Copenhagen Business School. We learn how she landed a marketing manager role at a tech startup, how she made a transition from this to a big international company, and what advice she has to give for students and young professionals. Enjoy. Thanks, Patricia, for joining my uh, my my podcast. Um, so it would be great to start off by giving the listeners a short summary summary of your bio. Um, hey, Stefan. Uh, thanks a lot for having me. Um, yeah. So I'm just gonna start off by kind of introducing myself. Um, my name is Patricia. I am 29 years old. In case that's relevant for Congrats. anybody. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I currently live in Copenhagen, Denmark, but I'm originally from Bucharest, Romania. And uh, I have to say that I used to live like, I, I lived for 20 years uh, back in Romania and for uh, for the past eight to nine years uh, here in Copenhagen, Denmark. I am a uh, working in marketing uh, in a corporation called Vilux. And uh, it's actually a company that is also in, uh, in Romania at this point. I think they have their... Um, their HQ in uh, Brasov, if I'm not wrong. And um, yeah, I've been in the, like uh, on the market for around seven years, eight years. And I actually came to Copenhagen from Bucharest to study my master's at Copenhagen Business School. That's the main reason that brought me here. And it's actually funny because I have never thought that I would be here today after so many years. Like I came to Copenhagen with the thought, yeah, I'm just going to study my master's and then let's see where this takes me or sort of like, maybe then I'm going to go travel to Spain or to Italy or to France or to whatever place, you know, to sort of like uh, see uh, where that's taking me. But I've never, ever thought that I'm going to be staying in Denmark. And here I am, like, I don't know, eight, nine years later and um, got an apartment here, got everything all set up uh, here. So I don't, think I'm gonna leave anytime soon but I never say never that's what I learned from life up up until this point it's like that I'm never saying uh, never because you never know what's uh, where, where life's taking you uh, right. yeah, you could say that for short uh, short intro right 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 cool cool stuff uh, Patricia um, so let's start all the way back and I would want to jump in with some questions starting all the way back with your maybe high school or university Um, in general, people are starting with the university. But if you mm-hmm. have like uh, stuff to mention during high school, that would be great as well. Uh, uh, I don't mind. Definitely. Yeah. So, like I said, I've been living my entire life in uh, in Bucharest, Romania. To be honest, I've been uh, studying at a um, top high school in uh, Bucharest. So. I've always been like, I've always had this uh, parents and when I'm saying parents, I'm actually referring to my mom mostly, who's been uh, this, I mean, the both mom. of them, yeah, exactly, the mom. both of them been really like, uh, ah, you need to be uh, top of the class, et cetera, et cetera. But my dad's been a more like, yeah, but you also need to live a little. But my mom's been the one who's, I don't know, done a PhD, uh, done an MBA in her life. She's been studying abroad as well in the US, et cetera. So she's always been like, you need, you need to... You need to be top, top, top of the class. You need to study abroad. You need to do this and that and that. You know, she's been the pusher, so to say. And maybe I hated it when I was a kid, so to say. Um, uh, but on the other hand, I am very, very grateful to her at this point, to be honest, by looking back. And I knew that this would happen, you know, but it's just the timing. Uh, so she's always been like, yeah, you need to do this and that. So if it were up to her, I wouldn't have studied not even my high school in uh, in Romania. She would have sent me uh, start, uh, straight from when I was 16, maybe like 15 uh, out of the country. Uh, but okay, I uh, got into the one of the best, like I think uh, maybe even the, this year has been the best high school in, in uh, Bucharest, right? Really? So, Which one? Um, Which one is it? Uh, yeah. ah, okay, it's, uh, it's uh, just across the street of my... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I really love the location, the everything. I I still have you know nostalgia about that place. I think it's a uh, been a really cool period for me. To be honest, 
many people cannot decide whether high school or university is the greatest period of their life. I feel like high school has been my the best uh, period of my life in terms of understanding and learning a couple of stuff, uh, right? And maturing. But um, since I got there, then my mom was like, okay, let's see what you got here, right? So then I, I graduated from that. And that's been a bit of a crucial point for me because my mom was really pushing here to kind of me going abroad. And to be honest, it's mainly because she's been abroad and she's been um, studying in uh, in uh, Washington, her MBA. And um, she said, like, uh, you need to go. It's a completely different life. I feel like she's also been kind of through this, uh, her lenses, like um, she went to study abroad her MBA and then she was offered a job there and to move with her whole family, etc. And uh, she refused because she has this very idealistic uh, mindset where she felt like she would come back home, uh, enroll into politics, and then um, kind of prove, make a change in Romania, you know, through politics. And life proved her wrong a bit later, sadly. But nonetheless, she had this idealistic, you know, like uh, mindset. So um, she came back. She refused that job. So I feel like I... Also, she was also like through her regrets and through her lenses. It's like, no, you need to go out, you know, like and maybe stay there, you know, as opposed to me. So nonetheless, I said no, even to that. <laughs> uh, I said no, like, no, I, it was super tricky because I had already made so many connections, so many friends in in uh, in my hometown back then that I, I found it extremely hard for me to leave the country. And I feel like it's only because I was from Bucharest and I studied in Bucharest. I feel like for um, my fellow colleagues who were, say, coming from different cities in Romania, maybe Ploiesh, maybe, you know, like surroundings, uh, it would have been easier because they had already left home back then. So if you leave home um, uh, already, like even if it's to a different city in the same country, it's much easier for you than to make the next step and leave it for good, you know, leave the country as well. Whereas for me, I stayed there for the entire life. I made like uh, all my friends, etc. So it, it was extremely hard for me to just conceive that I need to leave uh, Romania. So I fully said no, you know, so I stayed there. But, but I had no freaking clue what I wanted to do in terms of college. And I think that's horrible uh, in the Eastern countries. I learned later that it's all over Eastern countries, this thing, um, because we need to decide. I feel like Eastern countries are always on fast forward. We need to decide all the time about uh, like, okay, you've had college, you've been through high school, then you need to decide what you want to do for your entire life. At what, 17, 18, who does that ever? Like, I, I don't know, but it's just like, you're so immature at that point that it's kind of impossible for you to figure out, yes, I want to be a doctor and save lives and stuff like that. Like we're all kids at some point. We're all, we all want to be astronauts or we all want to be teachers or nurses or you name it, you know, all the cliche kind of jobs, but we don't really know what that entails, etc. cetera. Um, and we don't have really, we have a lot of theoretical uh, kind of uh, teaching in uh, Romania. So we don't really know what, practice is right so it's a bit of a hard choice to make so here's the funny story i was i was liking different aspects so um back in high school in my last year i started i started taking architecture lessons so oh. for a whole year i went to take architecture lessons and um draw and do all sorts of stuff then in parallel i'm i'm all talking in parallel here uh, I, I've been the best uh, at chemistry during my, you know, uh, period, whatever. So I was like super passionate about chemistry. So um, I, I used to go to like Olympics and stuff like that, whatever. So I actually got to the chemi uh, ch chemistry university uh, because I've been to all those Olympic whatever. So then I ended up going on special places. Uh, for people who've been extremely good at chemistry in hospital. So I got in, I said, oh, cool, amazing, because I like chemistry. Um, in parallel, I was preparing to get to to psychology, to, to become a psychologist. <laughs> Truly, no, no freaking nothing, right? No connection whatsoever. So I was preparing for all this, uh, for all this. And also on top of that, 
I was taking Arabic courses because I wanted to go to foreign languages. I'm really passionate about foreign languages in general. I speak eight foreign languages. Wow. I'm really like, this is my my uh, hobby, my however you want to call it, in my free time, my spare time, I study. Now I study Russian. So I'm like, just this is what meditates me, right? So I was I was studying Arabic so I can just, uh, you know, go to foreign languages as well because I thought that doing two, three universities at once, bachelors at once, I, I thought that that must be it, right? I will, uh, it must be fun. So I did that. And on top of that, that's the cherry on top. When I was, it was this hype of uh, registering like two universities, you know, so like signing up, etc. I was literally, and I'm not kidding you, passing by ASE, the University of Economic Studies in Bucharest, passing by the street where you would sign up. And then I look at them and then they were requiring that you have you take a test in mathematics and uh, English and economics. And I was coming from a like a mathematics and IT kind of profile. So I said, I must know this stuff. <laughs> and uh, the submission was 100 lane, which is, uh, what, 25 euros or something like that. So I said, oh, it happens that I have this money with me. <laughs> so I'm just going to pay so I can get here as well. And uh, yeah, so we're talking here maybe four universities, like chemistry, psych psychology, uh, foreign languages, and uh, this uh, University of Economic Studies. Uh, and uh, and the architecture, just to mention it, I didn't even go to to take the sub the submissions because after one year of courses and stuff like that, I decided that um, I don't want to do that. So I didn't go there. So we're talking about four universities. I got into all of them, uh, like pure by just whatever. <laughs> and uh, I just literally like I I said, okay, I should try and go to classes. Who does that? Because on a Monday, you had classes to three universities, four universities at once. Like, And then if you probably know that like the system in Romania, you just uh, basically you cannot just uh, say, oh, I cannot join today or oh, I cannot do that. Like it's if you're not coming to this class, then you don't go into the final exam, then you're out, you know. So it's pretty much like that. Theory is very important and, and being present at the courses and classes and whatever. So of course I failed that. Uh, <laughs> like this doesn't like this doesn't go like that. And the the teacher at University of Economic Studies, my macroeconomics teacher, she was like, uh, "Why didn't you come to my last course?" And I'm like, "Because I'm also at the other university, whatever." It's like I don't believe you. Who's at two universities at once? Like truly, it's like she's like, "I'm gonna check." It's like, "Okay, call the university." She called the university. It's like, "Okay, she's there." Oh, okay, whatever. And then um, it's like, "Yeah, but then I want to see you pass my exams, you know." So then I I got a tent at her own, you know, class, whatever. She's like, "Okay, uh, chapeau," sort of like <laughs> heads off. And then, uh, but I had to. Bottom line is like, because I'm getting too long here. But uh, bottom line is that um, I realized that I. Uh, could only follow two universities at once, which was foreign languages because it was a hobby, and cool. then the University of Economic Studies. Um, but I realized that out of the two, the University of Economic Studies would be the one opening most doors for me in the sense of it would bring me like I could do, I could decide later on because again, I wasn't decided what I wanted to do. As you can sense, all of the profiles were super different, but the University of Economic Studies could give me an idea do I want to do finance? Do I want to do accounting? Do I want to do marketing? Do I, whatever I wanted to do at a later stage, I could kind of decide. And also it could open me a lot of doors in the sense of uh, following a master's abroad because it, many of my colleagues who've gone through med school or through law school, they're like, yeah, I can only go to France or I can only go to Germany to kind of do the same thing. Else you're not, you know, cannot, uh, I don't know, have the same credits and they, they have a lot of restrictions in that sense. So I wanted to have like, I wanted to have it easy to decide uh, later what I wanted to do. So I went through this and um, yeah, I uh, finished up that. And then I applied to a couple of the uh, universities and I chose, I know that I was choosing based on the master's program. I know, I knew my mom's been here with work before in, in Denmark, in Copenhagen. So she advised right. me to, to come here uh, I applied 
and I will tell you super honestly, like I applied, I got it, I got accepted to to the exact same master's program that I wanted. And I, I had so many doubts if to leave the country or not that I almost told my, I was almost telling my mom that I didn't get accepted. Just like, should I leave the country? Should I not? You know, and I knew for sure that if I told my mom that I got accepted, she was like literally kicked me out of the house. <laughs> Luckily, I just uh, told her the truth. And uh, and there I was in, 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 a, uh, in a while afterwards, like three months afterwards, I was... Uh, I was coming here and had no clue of, of the language, had no clue of, I didn't have any clue of anything, but, and the first six months have been horrible, to be honest, horrible in terms of cultural acceptance. It's been, it's been quite a big cultural gap. So I feel like maybe had I studied to, had I gone to studies in Spain or Italy or France or whatnot, it would have been a bit easier from a cultural perspective, right? It's been extremely different, and I learned it the hard way here. But um, but I, afterwards, it's been extremely satisfactory. Like now, I don't want to leave. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's just um, now. Now I I I I feel like I belong here, but it's been hard to adjust to adapt to. I got my first white hairs after six months of, of living here. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, um, but yeah I'm, I'm, I'm curious what would be those cultural differences I mean we can discuss them now or we can um, circle around uh, a bit later no no uh, yeah we can we can dig deep into it um, yeah first of they're like western people right they have this first of like uh, like one of the first things that I heard when I uh, came here so the average age at my master's program was 28, 29. I was 21, right? I just turned 21. I was 20 and turned 21 when I started the master's. And uh, everybody was like, literally, <clears throat> what what are you doing here? Uh, why are you doing this master's at this age? Like those were the questions. Um, why are you not traveling? Because the Western culture is a bit of like, People go to high school, then they take one, two gap years. Then they go to co to bachelor's, then they take one, two, three, four gap years. Then they study master's. They study the master's like my mom studied her MBAs, so to say, you know. And then MBAs way, way, way later, if that's the case. Um, so everybody was much more mature than I was. And uh, I could see that we had like a lot of group uh, projects, a lot of, you know, uh, practical uh, projects to to follow through and um, it was interesting but it was clearly to be honest and to be fair and straight I wasn't uh, the asset of the group back then those people had worked before you could see that they had worked before they have traveled before they had much more experience in life and in like uh, I don't know building up a paper a proper work you know so I felt like I was a, a more of a, I wouldn't say a liability. No, no, for sure not. But uh, I was a bit of like, you know, uh, what's happening here? Okay, I'm I'm following you guys, you know, whereas back home, I would have definitely taken the leader cap or more like, you know, the, the pusher or the, uh, and, and here I was a bit more like listening, trying to follow, et cetera. So it wasn't, it was clearly not my style. And then it was the first time when I had, when I learned that I don't always get straight A's or straight 10s, uh, how we have the maximum grade. Like uh, here we have the grades from minus three to 12. Two, like, uh, no, uh, two being that you pass uh, a paper or something, an exam. And uh, I don't know, I got at some point my lowest grade, I think, was a, you have two, four, seven, tw uh, 10, 12. And I was only used to 12s in Romania, if we were to refer to the same way, right? And I come here and I took a four. I was like, of course, it was a pass, right? And people here don't care about grades. That was another shock that I, you know, encountered as opposed to Romania. But um, I felt like, oh, my God, the sky's going to break loose right now. Everything's going <laughs> to, you know, fall apart me. And it didn't. But it was just... I. To be honest, I deserved it. I had no clue how to do this and that. I had no clue how to work with practical projects. And that's a bit of like a minus to the Romanian educational system, in my opinion. On the other hand, to be honest, after I finished the master's, I feel like I am grateful in a way that I had the chance to combine the theoretical educational from Romania, from my bachelor's, with the practical 
uh, knowledge from my masters combined together, I feel much more powerful if I only had done one or the other. So, but that's just me. I mean, I'm not saying that for sure only theoretical wouldn't have been best. You know, maybe practical would have been just enough, but combine the two of them, I think it's been a, a great experience from, from my perspective. But yeah, like that was been like that was a cultural difference I was working with. Um mostly there were like uh Austrian, German, uh Swiss people in the group, etc. So talking to them, I don't know, even like uh, going after classes to they would uh, I don't know, they, we would go out in a park and and just sit on a bench and they would drink beers. I wouldn't drink beers uh, in Romania. I wouldn't do that. I don't know. It wasn't also part of my like. So it was just everything was completely new. The language was completely new. The fact that my first experience in, in Denmark has been living in a hostel, uh, which has been truly horrible. The most horrible experience <laughs> of my life. I was paying tons of money, if I want to say it, but I cannot say shitloads of money. Um for it and it was horrible like uh, the conditions were horrible so yeah first six months like i said completely new people with different perspectives they were looking a bit weird at me as well i think i also got to maybe i don't know you want to put this off the record or not but a couple of like one of my first questions from one of my master's colleagues has been also like oh but you look uh you look good you look like uh dressed well for a for a gypsy (laughs) (laughs) like in romania right gypsies it's like what what is this even a question like basically the guy was telling me that i am dressed better than he imagined that a gypsy in romania would dress it was like it was i didn't even take it as an offense because i like I'm not even judging, you know, people sometimes about they just hear what they can see in the news, in media, etc. You right, know, so sometimes right. want, and we also have a talent of making some. some uh, <laughs> um, okay, okay, uh, Patricia, just to, to jump in uh, a bit with some questions. So, um, starting with the high school, um, I'm curious because I have a cousin, for example, and he's following the same pattern i mean we all we've we've done the best high schools in bucharest and he's um i think he he's close to he's not the last year last year in in high school but he's you know in a top high school what what advice you would have to give um for him to i don't know to figure out what what he can do in terms of not just university but maybe he can find his own exactly what advice you would you would have to give if i were to give an advice and i really want to give this advice from the bottom of my heart is that um you should leave first off you should leave the sooner the better uh the country and i'm not saying for good whatsoever i'm not i'm not by any means i'm not advising people to leave romania uh whatsoever i'm if anything i'm just sad that i don't want to go back because romania needs people like us But uh, I would definitely advise that the sooner the better he she leaves uh, to, to ab- abroad is easier because uh, for me, I felt like had I listened to my mother to leave a bit earlier, it would have been much easier. But uh, if I just left uh, way too late, in my opinion, it was much harder for me to take the cultural differences, to take the, you know, everything else to uh take the educational system differences, etc. So I would say leave a bit sooner. Decide later if you want to and, and have time for traveling. To be honest, take take breaks. Like I haven't done so and I have not uh, grown up in an environment, in a Western environment where people can uh, travel in between universities. And we're so much focused because we've also like been a post-communist country, etc. So we've been so much focused to finish uh, high school, finish uh, university, finish uh, master's if possible. You can get a job so you can get those kids. You know, this has been the societal environment that we've been growing up in. And that's not it, you know, like uh, there's a reason why so many people uh, like Western people and etc. like they they do so well. It's because they that's not what they focus on. On I don't know. Uh, if you want to focus on career, of course. So my advice would be leave sooner, the sooner the better. It's right. going to make it easier for you to kind of um, 
uh, adjust with other people and with the different cultures and grasp as many information as possible. And when you're going to be 25, you're going to be, wow, I'm so grateful I've done this. And secondly, take time between uh, studies because at 18, nobody is ever capable to decide what they want to do for the rest of their lives for like 40 more years of their lives. No, you cannot decide in the first 20 years of your life that you need to either travel a bit or maybe not travel, but work. Like I felt like that's the educational system in Romania didn't allow me because they wanted me to be present in class at every given point, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They wanted me to be there, that I could not take a job. I took summer jobs, I remember, but I could not take, you know, all year-long right. jobs Right. in the field. I mean, like, of course, you could go in a bar and whatever, like, do that or serve. Or, but you could not take one in the field that would allow me to say, yes, I think I'm interested to work in this. Or I think I could, I would like to, you know, I would fancy this. Um, whereas here, here, for instance, and I know in Western countries, um, they do allow you to uh, juggle between studies and work, in which right. case you can kind of figure it out. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. Or if you don't like that, then th there's no harm done because you've been doing it maybe for a year during your studies. It's not like, if anything, it helps a lot on your CV. And another thing is work as much as possible. If you go study abroad, then work as much as possible during your studies, whatever it is, from waitering in a place to working for free as a as an intern, as a student, as whatever you can. Uh, me, like as a manager right now, I am um, looking very much at that and I very much appreciate a person who's been doing all sorts of jobs rather than somebody who's not had anything on their CV, but amazing diplomas and amazing studies. And that's not a cliche, it's true. Right. So, so it's like, sorry to, to, to interrupt. So it's like more like having skin in the game. For, yeah. for for students and um i i've seen this this um this difference in between the age of the regular student for example when i was in vienna and i was for my masters and i had this discussion with one of my professors back then and he was showing me statistics that what i was shocked uh, back uh, back in the days average age of the uh, of, the, of a graduate in the Technical University of Vienna, it was like close to 30 years old. And for me, I mean, being 20, I don't know, 23, 24, I, I don't remember. It was, wow, what, what's happening? What, so what, what do they do in between the, those, those uh, years? And yeah, for them, it's casual to, to, to do like this. And even I remember when it was like a huge scandal in the, in the, in the politics in, in, uh, back in Bucharest, maybe last year, I don't remember, with some guy's diploma who he, he finished, he was supposed to finish his, his studies in Vienna. And one of my friends from Bucharest back then, he, he sent me this link. Oh, look, Stefan, uh, uh, this guy who is a, a very well-educated and well-traveled individual, he finished his... Um, diploma uh, close to 30 years old and he was shocked mm -hmm. and and i was i replied to him instantly no it's fine in vienna it's okay <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to to to, to think it's it's a bad thing it, it's okay this is what they are doing uh, back uh, you know, over there it's it's fine so yeah i i've seen this difference and i totally agree with you with you i mean I would say it's more about the life experience. I mean, of course, it's good to have the good grades and everything and all that, but it's also about having the life experience. Um, it's not enough just to uh, being in the library. You have to to keep the skin in the game somehow. Hundred mm. percent, and that's why I'm saying like I, I used to be straight A's up until I came here, and I realized it's not really about that and. Uh, if you don't know how to use the theory that is so much worshipped and, and learn about it, <laughs> it's pointless. Like literally, like it's pointless. And and be patient. Uh, I would I would tell him be patient because I realize right now that some of the theory and things that I learned in in uh, bachelor's and in my master's, I'm only using it now when I'm like thirty or something like that, and that's fine. It's great. I'm actually having a sense of fulfillment when I can get to to this point, you know, because it means that I've you know grown to that point. Um, read a lot. That's another advice in the process. I feel like in Romania that's not promoted enough, but reading a lot is a huge thing. 
Uh, and again, you don't realize on the spot, but later on, you're just going to be like, wow, this helped me. Wow, I know this information from there and there. So uh, if, yeah, if I were to be back at my high school age, I would definitely go abroad sooner. Um, take some time in between uh, masters and whatever to really think through work in for my during my bachelor's and stuff and read more if i if i would were to like you know redo my journey cool cool love it um so we are in copenhagen you finished uh, do, do, would you want to add more in uh, during your masters in copenhagen or do you want to jump into maybe on to the first job in in Copenhagen uh, I know you've been working in a technology company um we can we can um, talk about, yeah, uh, I think about this. for example I'm curious did you did you have any internships during your masters in Copenhagen how is it like yeah it was actually interesting because I was uh, like um I was very much uh, used to um, like going a lot to classes etc like the same Romanian kind of style where you need to right. be present Right. So I was doing all sorts of jobs here, literally from, I don't know, babysitting, painting walls, uh, making pancakes, selling pancakes in the street, you name it, all, all sorts of jobs just to kind of uh, be able to support myself. But I didn't have the, the, the experience in the domain, right? So I was trying to find a job. I was almost like mm, in the process of like I could not support myself uh, anymore. So it was super close. It was funny that I was writing my master thesis. When you write your master thesis in Copenhagen, uh, at, at least where I was, um, you don't, you no longer have classes, etc. You don't need to go anywhere. You just need to write your thesis, and you have six months to do so. So I was uh, looking uh, actively for jobs, um, and I went back to 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 Romania. In the meantime, I actually said, while I'm looking for jobs in Denmark and I'm writing my thesis, and I'm in Romania, I might as well work. So I went to work at PwC, the PricewaterhouseCoopers cool. cool. Consulting Agency. Amazing, amazing experience. I actually kind of started to like it. But, um, and I was like right in the process to be uh, promoted after like the <laughs> writing my thesis. Until the point where I actually got a reply from an interview from Copenhagen, where I was basically... I got a job. I had gotten a job here, so I said, "Yeah, sorry, guys, would be fantastic to work more with you, but I'm not gonna stay in Romania." So I went back to Copenhagen, started this job. This was in a digital marketing agency. It's quite a, a big agency, Publicis Sapiens. It's called right now, and um, worked for like seven months uh, there uh, as a, like a, an internship, you could call it, and that was in marketing. And it was purely like again saying that. My master's and my bachelor would prepare me for everything, like I said. So I still didn't know fully, fully what I wanted to do. Reading through job descriptions helped me understand that I want to do this or that, honestly. Right. Like, right. This is so a good, I could have, yeah. to, 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 to interrupt. This is a good insight. <laughs> But it is a good insight because from somebody coming from a business environment where you learn a bit from everything, you learn a bit of accounting, you learn a bit of finance, you learn this and that, you can do anything. Honestly, that's another like advice for people who are not fully decided. Go for something broader that allows you to kind of, you know, pick whatever fits you best. And then uh, reading through job descriptions where they literally tell you, you would be doing this and this and this and this. Okay, I want to do this and this and this versus this and this and that, you know. So that's how I decided marketing. Also, because I wanted to be, I like, I like, uh, how do you say, I like creativity. I like a bit of a, like a sense of a good sense of aesthetics, etc. But I, uh, I want to sell through the, through a, like kind of a neuromarketing setup, like through a people's minds, etc. But I don't want to have direct contact with the end user. So I don't want to talk to you and tell, like sell you, sell me this pen, you know, I don't want to be that person, but I want to lurk you into buying something that I want to offer. Right. So I did that there. Uh, then, um, I wanted to work at another, like then the, my internship finished and I, I was looking again for other jobs and I, I ended up at this, um, interview where, uh, I applied super cocky as a manager, right? Although I had <laughs> an intern. So I'm saying, uh, yes, I want to be this. And then they're like, yeah, but you don't really have the experience. And I'm like, listen up, I'm going to work for free. 
for three months and then you tell me afterwards. No way. <laughs> yep. Uh, you tell me afterwards if you want to keep me or not. And it was super funny because I had started, of course, I put my best in it and etc. And after one month, I, in parallel, I was applying to other jobs as well. So in parallel, I was, uh, I gotten uh, an interview to another job and they offered me a position there. So then I came back to these guys and said, I, I got offered a position here. So it's like, no, no, but we want you. So it's like, <laughs> Okay, so you want me. Uh, then they had to counter offer me, etc. And then uh, I ended up, of course, staying there because I had already gotten used to the setup and I, I preferred, you know, staying there. And this was the tech uh, startup that I was, was one of the tech startups in, in uh, Copenhagen uh, that is still today and it's grown a lot. So I joined when we were 20 people. Now the company's got over 120 people or so. And it's a tech wireless company. So they were doing, if you know, Chromecast. Yeah, yeah. They were doing an alternative of Chromecast, but not for private usage, but more for businesses and in like uh, institutions, so like a B2B kind of sector. So I worked there for like three years. It's been amazing. It's definitely been my long, uh, my uh, long tramp and everything where it kind of the get-go for it. And I got a team there. Of, uh, it differed like from five to eight people. Um, it's been quite quite intense and like startup is in general. It's super intense. It's everything is right. tactic. You need to find your own order in it. Uh, you need to and every result, uh, everything, every initiative that you take, you'll see the results immediately, uh, which is super satis satisfactory in, in on one way. You know, like oh my god, I did this. On the other hand, if that is not there then you kind of failed a bit. I mean, maybe that's a big word to say, but like then all the other people say, ah, oh, this didn't work. So you need to kind of push it. So there's a lot of like trial and error thing, you know, so right. that teaches you a lot. And if there's another advice that I can give at this point is work in startups when you're young, at least when you don't have a lot of like um, obligations, when you, I don't know, you don't have kids, you don't have families, you don't have this or that, uh, or I don't know what, Work in startups because it's going to teach you lessons that you cannot get anywhere else. And you'll see that the older you get, and that's what I see from me and the, what I see from other people, the older you get, the more you want the security of a, a, a corporation or a, you know, you want some things to be clear and in place. So you'll be much more reluctant to choosing a job in a startup as you were in your 20s. So do work in a startup if you get the chance in your 20s. Don't choose the, the easy, I would say easy, but it's not necessarily easy, but <laughs> like, you know, the expected way, which is a, a corporation, because um, you you won't, once you go corporate, my opinion, at least that's that's very subjective, You it's very less likely that you'd go back to startup unless it's yours, of course. So if it's yours, that's a different story. But if it's not yours, it's a bit, less likely that you're going to go back this way. And uh, it's a pleasure to work in a startup, my opinion, at least. Yeah, and you, and you, sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> yeah, sorry? Sorry, go ahead. Um, I, I was just trying to say that you have, you've anticipated my question in terms of would you recommend working in a, in a startup or would you, would you recommend going in a, in a big company early in your career? Both, I think that they uh, make sense. But uh, yeah, as you said, like it depends on where you are in your career. If you're in the beginning, I mean, a, a corporation is always helpful. So you can work what, like in a corporation, whatever, even in the beginning of your career or whatever, at any point of your career. But a startup, I feel like it's much more suitable for the beginning of your career. It allows you for that trial and error. It allows you for you to be human much more. It allows you to... Uh, experiment, it allows you to take more responsibility even if you don't have the right experience, right? I had uh, not so much experience. I already became a manager. I had to take care of people. I had to do this and that. And they kind of threw me out there. You know, I learned how to swim by swimming in that sense. So it does a lot for you and it gives you like a valuable experience. So do that for two, three years, four years. Uh, you're going to get bored at some point, maybe of salary negotiations or maybe about, you know, like most of the startups, they will try to, uh, depending of also of how successful they are, right? Or how, but that's why they call it a startup. And 
But if it's a startup and then it becomes a scale up in that sweet spot in there, it's fantastic to work from 20 people to 100 plus people. Then that's fantastic to work there. You get a lot of like team building. You get a lot of Friday bars. You get a lot of like there's the cultural point of it, like uh, starting with the corporation. I don't remember when I had my last Friday bar. So just to say, (laughs) put it out there, like when you're in your 20s working in a startup is fantastic. I would say crucial, but that's just through my eyes, you know. So uh, go do it. Then you're going to get tired, like I said, about, ah, but I'm, maybe I'm not paid enough. Maybe there's not a this pension, uh, I don't know, scenario is not really good for me, so on and so forth. The things that you start kind of get worried the older you get. And then go work in a corporation. I love, I'm working in a corporation. I love working in a corporation right, right now. Probably I wouldn't have said the same three years ago, but four years ago, four or five years ago. But uh, three years ago is when I started working in this corporation. I love it. I think uh, I got in into the right spot. It was super funny because in the place where I'm at, the average lifespan, so it's called Linux, it's a roof window company. It's the biggest roof window company worldwide. We have, uh, like I said, an office in Brasov as well. Um, and it's... Um, it's interesting because when I got in, like the average lifespan of an employee in our office in Copenhagen is 14 years. Whoa, whoa. So, exactly. So I was like, <laughs> what? What? And then I started working there with the thought, ah, oh, maybe I'm just going to stay one in two years. Let's see what's cooking. You know, let's see what's happening. And uh, wow, fantastic. Like uh, I did not expect, I, I love it so much that I really do not foresee the time that I want to leave at this point. Like I just, I don't have it in my horizon. You know, when you say, ah, maybe not now, but I feel like I'm getting tired. You know, all those questions that you might have to yourself. So I really love it, but that's also because I don't want to like, you know, be shallow or anything, but I'm in a sweet spot in the sense of, I was part of like uh, this team where we're starting a new division where right. we're launching the high end part of the 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 Felix roof window. So um I'm working a lot with architects, interior designers, we're doing a lot of like creative uh, projects, we're filming a lot of case studies. My marketing is so creative and broad and uh, it's full on responsibility on it so I'm the, I have full ownership on it that of course, I love it. Maybe somebody else in the same company were 13,000 employees. Like there must be somebody who doesn't like it, right? But uh, I feel lucky from this point of view that I'm in the right department at the right time because many people many times ask me, so would you recommend me to work to apply for a job? There's like, yes, from, a, I don't know, salary, benefits, et cetera, this and that and that, this aspect, sure, I recommend you. From a department perspective, I don't know. You need to know the people. You need to kind of be lucky in that sense because I've heard many people many times saying, I don't want to, I'm quitting because I don't like this guy or I don't want to work with this guy or whatnot. I'm like, you're going to find shitty people and amazing people everywhere you go. It's about how you kind of manage the whole situation. You will never be uh, uh, um, surrounded by fantastic people all the time. So it's about how you kind of, you know, uh, right. Take care. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious if you can share a bit of technical details in terms of what a marketing um, marketing uh, person does in um, within. Maybe yeah, we can we can have a, a comparison in between a startup and a big company, a corporation. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge uh, transformation. <laughs> so first of all, we're talking different budgets, right? So on one hand, I always thought that I had a, a small budget in a a smaller, much smaller budget in a startup. And I always said, but that's fantastic because that allows me uh, to experiment more with a lower budget. And it's true. To be honest, for instance, I had a huge project back in my uh, uh, startup days uh, where I had to kind of uh, focus a lot on PR, you know, press releases and stuff like that. So I had my team say, okay, you have this budget, extremely small. We need to get this amount of uh, press release, uh, et cetera. So we would create a strategy for that. Uh, basically, many times we would not even pay for them, or many times we would negotiate to the minimum cent, you know, to every dollar to say to get it as cheap as possible. Um, and it worked. We got so many, so much coverage, etc. So 
yes, small budgets do make you more like bootstrapping makes you more creative. What can I do? How can I manage this whole thing? How can I make it more? How can I squeeze more the lemon, you know? Um, which is fantastic. But on the other hand, I never knew how creative a big budget can make you. <laughs> it's all about the money. Huh? <laughs> but that's a big difference, to be honest. Like that's something that I've noticed straight up when I came here, like being able to, and I, again, it's a bit special. So just to say that the marketing departments that uh, I have in, in, in the company, in the in Linux, um, most of them I've noticed that in the general corporation, they work a lot with agencies. So they get 20 agencies and they say, you do this, you do that, you do that, etc. I uh, wanted to stay away from that because if I feel like I'm just outsourcing stuff, I mean, I think you need to be smart in general on what you outsource. You cannot outsource just everything. You need to outsource what is really monkey work or what is really, you know, a no-brainer or what is a things like that. Whatever it is more like precious to you or dear to you, I wanted to keep to me and to give it that personal feel. So. Um, I'm only outsourcing what I feel like it just needs hours to be done and the executional part, exactly. And what I feel like is the personalization, the contact to the end user, et cetera, and the creative part, I feel like I want to keep it to me because I've seen that that's where the greatest results come out of. So uh, this is where I'm saying like big budgets come into place because that's allowing me to get a, an agency to do that monkey work where I can dream about uh, conceptualizing a TV show or uh, uh, working with influencers who ask these fees or those fees or with agencies working on the search engine or whatever. So it's helping me get the executional power where I keep my creative here. So that's why it's helping me. Whereas back in the startup days, I had to do both, like to be executional, be going on the holistic level, executional again, holistic level, like I would just do like that. And I'm not going to lie you, I'm doing this right now as well, but it's at a much slower pace, you know, because I have somebody else or different budgets to help me doing that. So I, I would say one asset definitely is the budgets that are very different from a corporation to a, in a, in a marketing strategy. And secondly, even though it's from a career perspective, uh, being in a startup, it was me, my boss, and then the CEO, right? Because you're like, I came among the first people. There's just, uh, you know, like I was among the first ones. And even though I was a marketing manager, uh, I only had two people above me. And truly, that's where you don't have a lot of place to grow. So that was one of the main factors why I actually decided to change companies. I couldn't grow uh, laterally, you know, like in different departments because you have some people and you, you need them where they are, et cetera. You're very bootstrapped on people. You cannot just afford to just get right. somebody from a department to go learn something else and do stuff like that. In a startup, you're quite, you need to know where people are at. That's an army right there. You're fighting with the venture capitalists. You're fighting with the investors. You know, you cannot risk that. So I could not grow anywhere. Above my boss, I couldn't go because what am I like? My boss needed to leave in order for me to go up. Laterally, I couldn't do anything. So there was no place for me to learn anymore. You know, I was, I kept doing the same things, of course different way all the time but it was that was so that's a limitation that i would say in a startup as opposed to a corporation now if i want to i can just go literally wherever in this company and learn more like i know a person i'm quite young in the company if you think about a 14 years lifespan i've been here for three years right but i have a, a an acquaintance in the company who's been for like seven eight years and she's already had five jobs <laughs> in completely different fields, the amount of experience and knowledge that she has, it's impressive. I love talking to her, you know. So just to say that the possibilities are broader from this perspective. Budgets, possibilities in that sense. Um, there's less freedom in the sense of like um, you might fight a bit of like a bureaucracy processes. Always like you have to think that you have 13,000 people in this company, but there's other corporations that have doubled the number, right? You need to fight some governance. You need to find some, you know, like how you centralize everything, how you like, some companies work on centralization and then local markets, then some others work on regional uh, markets. Um, 
etc. So you need to think that whatever initiative you might have, that might need to go through some processes to some approvals. You cannot just go cuckoo, you know, and no matter how frustrating that sounds to you, it makes sense to the top management, right? You need to know that in a corporation, probably it's not in top management won't know as much as what you're doing, you know, down here. So sometimes you might find yourself in front of some ridiculous um, askings. Oh, let's make this fantastic. Let's make this company great again, you know? <laughs> and then you're going to be like, yeah, but this would take this and this and this and this. Oh, but then let's do it. It's like, no, but this is not like as easy. So you might find yourself as that. Whereas in a startup, it's more like people, everybody knows what you're doing. And the better, like the setup is much more agile, right? Like if you come up with an idea, let's do it now. Like we do it now, you know? Which getting back to my thing, the, the vision that I, I'm part of right now, it's actually like we call it the startup of the company. So to be honest, I'm working in the same agile level. It's like an incubator, you know? So to be honest, I'm working on the same agile level and the same, you know, like startup vibes, but with the uh, corporation security, which is fantastic for me. Like basically I have the budget and the security of working in a big company but with the agility to work and to make decisions and ownership as in a startup. So I'm in a lucky position, but we're 10 people in that position. I'm I'm trying to put here like in balance with the bigger picture corporation, you know. That's um, that's excellent, Patricia. I mean, you married the, the two. Um, excellent. Having the startup uh, initiative, I mean, working with this new division. So basically, as you said, working as a as, you know, startup, but we're, we're under the umbrella of a big corporation. That's that's smart and uh, lucky. And uh, um, Yeah, exactly. It's lucky because, again, you don't find these opportunities all the time and maybe next time I won't be as lucky, etc. So I, I'm well aware that I'm just in a, in a sweet spot as we are. Um, now I'm intrigued about this. So you can have so many jobs within the same company. Do you think it's specific to this particular company or is it specific to, uh, let's say, um, Denmark or uh, to a specific region within the, 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 the I don't know, the, the entire region? I mean, <clears throat> when you worked in Bucharest, for example, for a big four company, do you think it would have been more easier for you to switch in between departments or was it like the same level of flexibility as in your company? I'm going to be fair and square. Technically, it should be possible for any large company because they have so many positions, so many places, so many, etc. You can have so many mentors, so many, you know, like in a, in a large company that should be able everywhere in this world. Sadly, I can say that from the experience that I have and my friends from Romania and what I experienced at PwC in general, I think it's a bit harder because we're a bit more conservative in that sense, you know, but that's just my impression. So I don't, I don't foresee myself, like I'm not the person who's worked so much in, in, in Romania uh, to be able to say that, but from my impression and from, I still have a lot of friends in Romania is that it's a bit harder to do the same switch as it is in Denmark or as it is in, I don't know, some some North or Western countries. Um, but it should be possible because I think it's all it's all dependent on the, the uh, size of the company, in my opinion, to be able to do that. Um, all right, cool. So... Would you do you have anything specific to to share about the culture? But in terms, so now we touch the subject of cultural differences. But at the university level, what about the cultural differences at the in a professional environment? As you know, in a big company, do you see any any um, specific differences in between the Western Western culture, and the North uh, Northern culture, and so on? Eastern, of course, uh, Eastern Europe. Definitely, there is. Um, there is, but I, I would say that there's much more respect at this level. You get to an age where you're kind of like everybody, like you barely feel these differences, you know, because if you, I don't know, if you, in during my master's program, et cetera, like it's it's a bit of a different vibe, right? But uh, in a, in a, and also it depends on the setup, like it's a, it's a business setup, et cetera. So you don't really feel as much but of course there are some things i don't know you maybe have um 
a meeting with an Italian person from somebody from Italy or whatever, and then they're going to be late for 10, 15 minutes. There you go, your culture. <laughs> I don't know. It's, um, what is it? Like, uh, even with this thing, like even with the Scandinavian, more like Scandinavian people, like you would get, a, they would be extremely polite. They would try to say that, ah, you're a bit bothering me or you're, you know, but I'm not really saying it, etc. So there are some cultural differences that you learn during the time. But what I'm trying to say is that they really don't make your life neither better nor worse. They really like don't don't do much to you. They if if anything, they spice it up a bit. So I wouldn't say it's a wow, like a shocker or anything, you know, especially if you're used to living abroad. Now it would be an interesting perspective to hear from somebody who moved with the job, just with the job. Because if you move with studies, then that's different. You already get of like the 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 cold shower, and yeah. then you, everything is just roses and butterflies for you, right? But if you just move straight up with with a job, then that's gonna be. And also, what I like think that shocks a bit. Also, my French friends and my Romanian friends, at least, is the informality that I get to do deal with. Like I can talk to I don't know a CEO, a sixty year old CEO with, hey you what's up uh, as opposed to monsieur and uh, or like uh, as opposed to uh, like mr and like uh, would you please be so kind as to this and that you know so the formality i think it's very present in many of the european countries not in the northern ones at least and i love it fully love it uh long live the the english language and also the danish and the scandinavian because it makes you feel closer to the person you're talking to. And it makes like, they also promote a lot, at least in Scandinavia, the flat uh, hierarchy. Um, I, To be honest, ever since I started here, um, maybe there's um, four steps on top of me, you know, me like in the, like as a level, a hierarchy level for me and the CEO, I've never felt those steps. You know, I've never like by talking to, I don't know, or to an SVP or to a VP, it really felt like such a friendly manner and such like I could express ideas, I could spar, etc. It never felt that. Whereas in Romania, always, always, always. Like uh, I would never even dream to chat with the partner, uh, main partner from PWC. <laughs> yeah, in your own room, like close there, like you wouldn't, you know. So this is what I'm saying. Like these would be some cultural differences that I would, um, mm-hmm. I would encounter. And and potentially also, I don't know, I think it comes down to, I'm not 100% sure, but I don't have the experience myself about salary negotiations and stuff like that. I'm 100% sure there's some cultural differences there. Um, right. Speaking of talking with people and uh, different ranks and so on, how do you approach this networking, uh, networking, networking thing? Do you have um, like a strong networking around you with... Uh, like-minded people working in marketing, working in finance or in uh, all sorts of industries that can inspire you or you can go to with different questions and so on. And if you had them back in the school as well, or is it just during your, once you started off your professional life? I'm curious. Yeah, so that's a good question. Uh, first off, like at least my company, and I know a couple other companies that for sure do it, they have this mentorship program as well. Right. So for, I can find mentors through them and uh, be through my company or like from someplace else. So uh, I've had a period, like I've had two mentors at the same time that are focused on different areas and et cetera. So that's that. And I think it's very common in general in companies here, at least that you have mentorship programs. Uh, secondly, there's a lot of events. There are so many apps in Copenhagen, at least like about like events that whatever. And then you can find them on subjects. You find events to just go up and drink, but you can find events on marketing, events on finance, events on uh, sales, etc. And meetup events uh, as well. It's called meetup.com or something like that, where you meet these people and you can do them. I used to do them even more during my studies than now because I had more time. Um, so that's when I started. But then um, there, there's no week in your calendar that wouldn't have an event if you really want to participate in this. So 100%, which I feel like, again, it's much easier to find these events than back home. 
or at least when I when I used to study there, it was a bit harder for me to find them or to, you know, maybe it was also because, because apps and things like that weren't such a big thing back then. But um, yeah. Uh, uh, but, but yeah. you've had these mentors around you even in school or just... I'm, I'm sure it was your mother or your, your parents. Uh, you, uh, they were, they have enough experience to to guide you throughout your career and everything. But you had someone. I mean, you, you had this reflex to reach out to people uh, with questions, even back in the in the in the school. Definitely, the universities have mentorship programs. Uh, there's events for you to just participate voluntarily if you want to, and at work after you get uh, to work if it's not a startup because startups might be a bit more like uh, laissez faire you know in that sense but uh <laughs> there's, there's the french yeah on va parler en français à partir de maintenant but uh, larger companies for sure they would have mentorship programs as well so you it's impossible for you not to find and you can have one two three at once of course you need to kind of invest some time yourself and kind of do some research and you need to choose them wisely in the sense of i want this person for this profile so you need to think what you want to pick from those mentors yourself and how does that you know like uh, fit with what you want to do you cannot just pick people and say hey do you want to be my mentor cool dude you know so it's not like But, uh, and also you can be rejected by mentors. They also need to get something from you. It's not about, it's a win-win thing. You know, it's not about just you kind of squeezing the lemon out of them, but it's also about them getting something out of you. So if they don't feel like you match, then it's a bit of like, for instance, my master's thesis professor has been one of my mentors in college. And that makes sense, right? Because you're also working then on your master's thesis, et cetera. So um, that's a good decision if you want to make one like that. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. Um, and never awesome. pass on the, the offer of a mentorship uh, session if you have the chance. Um, awesome, Patricia. Um, please let me know if you have a um, piece of advice you have to share with your younger self or with everyone out there to, to, who is trying to, I don't know, either is trying to get into marketing, either is trying to to go and live abroad or follow your footsteps, I don't know. Yeah, uh, like, like I, I said, I, I do strongly believe that um, a couple of advices would be uh, leave sooner uh, from the country so you can get used to the different environment uh, faster. The longer you stay in your home country or in your home place, it's going to be harder for you to leave. Uh, take breaks in between your studies. Don't be afraid of that. And work. If it's, I know that it's easy to say. Some, um, some uh, people, they just have money from the parents or not or whatever. If you don't, just always work. Don't be afraid to work. Be it in a restaurant, in a bar, in a street, in whatever. Just do whatever you can do and support yourself, but do take breaks because you will never know at 17, 18 uh, what you want to do. Another piece of advice that I didn't take uh, was if you can do an exchange program. Right. If, you're, if, if you decide not to uh, go study abroad during your high school or your university, go take that exchange program, Erasmus or what, whatever it is. I didn't do it and I kind of, and also in my university, I had to choose between doing an exchange program and taking summer school. Uh, it was in a field that I really liked, but still, and I chose the summer school part and I kind of, I'm a bit of like torn right now. I would have done it. And I think it offers you an immense experience that you cannot replace with anything else. And you will never ever again kind of say, I don't know, when you're 30 or 35, oh, what if I just go a year somewhere and then come back, you know, never going to happen. If you have the chance with work, push it for, for instance, um, my boss, and I really think that's pretty cool. My boss um, has been working at the company that I'm working on right now for seven years. And he's been working for six months in the office of Madrid. So if you're lucky enough to work in a corporation that has offices around the world, go do it there. Like what I did was for the startup that I used to work before, I took advantage of working remotely because they're a startup, they're very flexible. 
so they used to promote this working remotely way before it wasn't cool and Corona wasn't a thing. So uh, I used to go study, study work at their uh, U.S. office for a month in, in New York. Uh, it's not been a, a lot. It's been a month, but it's still been like a game changer for me. So fully recommend that if you get the chance to do that, do it. Uh, like I said, take breaks, uh, uh, go uh, faster uh, abroad, um, work during your your uh, studies as much as possible. Whatever it is, it's it's well received. Work for free. Don't be afraid to work for free, especially while you're like if it's in in the field. You know, you like it. It takes a bit of like grinding and a bit of effort, but then you're gonna be grateful to yourself. Uh, and work in a startup at least once. <laughs> Just me. I think you're gonna love. <laughs> exactly. Um, I remember when I was in, in university, I was in, a, in an engineering school in Bucharest. I took Erasmus even during my bachelor's and then next during my master's. I was shocked why there are no, not so many students showing this drive to just <laughs> going abroad, especially mm -hmm. when, you, when you have the chance to, I mean, being in your 20s and living in Paris, living in Vienna, living in Madrid, living in these cool places, it's it's a privilege. Uh, I I don't understand why not so many people are taking advantage of that. Um, it's because they would have to jump out of their comfort zones, right? Some some would be a bit luckier that they would say receive money from their parents and then they they could do that, but then they don't want to leave their comfort zones and some of them they would be scared. Yeah, but I need to work to support myself and and study and this and that and whatever. So. Both scenarios are taking, going out of your comfort zones. Um, of course, like not everybody is made to get out of their comfort zones. Um, That's a given. Okay. No excuses. No excuses. You should just go and and, and take that that, that exchange and. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, all right, but uh, Patricia, thanks so much for sh sharing the knowledge on my on my podcast. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to to add on um, to the discussion. Just um, throw it out there. I mean, probably if we were to like, just uh, I could uh, talk about it a whole night. So uh, <laughs> no, it's not something that is off the top of my head uh, right now. But uh, I think I did encompass a lot, of, and I'm uh, happy I did share those uh, advices because I really believe in them. So do follow uh, them, however annoying they sound. Cool, um, cool stuff, cool stuff, Patricia. Um, it's thanks again, and we can leave you to that. Thank you so much. Thanks um, for having me.